Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, number one, from one roof on May 30th, could your finances handle a mortgage rate of 6.5%? Second topic from RNZ on the 28th of May, Nelson Budgeting Service expands as cost of living crisis deepens. Third topic for this week, from the Mortgage Mag on the 30th of May, huge chunk of income needed for average price, house. And fourth topic from Stuff on 1st of June, loan-to-value rules relax, what will it mean for house prices? Fifth topic for this week in review is from One News on the 1st of June, tentative confidence housing market downturn is winding up, from CoreLogic. So first up this week in review, we've got One Roof on May 30th. Could your finances handle a mortgage rate of 6.5%? Here's five things you need to know about the property market this week, according to CoreLogic Chief Economist Calvin Davidson. Number one, most forecasters were not surprised with the 0.5% OCR hike by the RBNZ, but they were shocked with the RBNZ pondering how high the OCR needs to go. They're now expecting an earlier and higher peak of around 4% by mid-2023 which means that a standard mortgage rate of at least 6.5% at the minimum. The last time this was seen was in 2010. The RBNZ is hoping for consumers to cut spending, which might stop the OCR from rising quickly. This might not be the end of interest rate increases. People on low fixed interest rates might be looking at a steeper increase when refixing. Number two, people with lower deposits had relatively more finance available in April. The current lending figures show that 6.1% of owner-occupier lending was approved with less than a 20% deposit last month, that up from 3% in March. Nonetheless, lending figures remain below the 10% speed limit, and with values now falling, banks are likely to remain cautious about low deposit loans. Number three, a weaker property market is facing headwinds, such as the potential rise in unemployment. But it's also worth noting that buffers exist, such as the LVR rules and serviceability tests. Data from various sources also shows that many borrowers took advantage of low mortgage rates to get ahead on their repayments. This provides a safety net in the event of a change in personal circumstances. Number four, recession risks are still present. Low consumer confidence is still a major concern, as illustrated by the ANZ's measure for May. This is bad news for retail spending, especially given that interest rates continue to climb at the same time. Balance is once again required. On the plus side, filled jobs across the economy increased significantly. That's 0.6% in April. Number five, at the time of writing the Stats New Zealand April building consent data has not been released. It might be as strong as previous months, but there's also a chance that some of these consents might not get built and there might be some houses getting demolished as well, which leads to fewer stocks. Second topic for this week in review from RNZ on the 28th of May, Nelson Budgeting Service expands as the cost of living crisis deepens. More people are accessing their KiwiSaver due to the combined effects of lower wages, rising living costs, and increasing interest rates. Pessa Bell, coordinator of Nelson Budget Services, stated that the organisation is experiencing an all-time high demand for financial mentoring and support. This follows after a new report revealing that the average wage in the region at $60,048 a year is the lowest in the country. 
Bell said that they're seeing a change from lower income to middle income households as more mortgage holders take on mortgage rate increases. In a week, around two or three clients are looking for assistance to access their KiwiSaver due to financial pressures. People can withdraw money from KiwiSaver for a variety of hardship reasons, such as being unable to pay a mortgage, being unable to cover minimum living expenses, or having medical expenses. According to Inland Revenue data, the number of KiwiSaver withdrawals for financial hardship has increased. There were 6,235 withdrawals, totaling $22,937,355 in 2012, up from 15,970 withdrawals, totaling $100,672,251 the previous year. Bell said that one simple way people avoid getting into further debt is to pay off existing debt. The organisation understands that KiwiSaver is primarily used for retirement and explores other options. However, they also know that a crisis in the short term needs to be addressed and KiwiSaver is often the only source of money people can access. Bell sees an increase in the number of retirees on fixed incomes asking for help as the cost of living and rising interest rates directly impact their quality of life. She added that for a few, KiwiSaver was the only means they could use to pay their mortgage and bills. So I would just like to add, you know, it really is a last resort to draw down on your KiwiSaver and financial hardship. You know, don't forget that that is your retirement nest egg, but obviously in some situations you might not have any other option. If you would like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, and these events are available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I also talk about this towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. Third topic for this week in review from the Mortgage Mag on 30th of May, huge chunk of income needed for an average house. An analysis from CanStar shows that in order to afford an average-priced house in Auckland at $995,000 with a 20% deposit and repay the mortgage on current rates, households would need around $80,000 more than the average income. If households are unable to meet this requirement, they'll face mortgage stress or will require a much larger deposit. The definition of mortgage stress is spending 30% or more of household income in servicing a mortgage. The next most expensive geographical area in terms of avoiding mortgage stress is the Bay of Plenty. Households are selling for an average of $824,500 and the average household income slightly more than $107,000. To avoid mortgage stress, household income should be greater than $180,000. CanStar General Manager Jose George says that the analysis reveals how tough it is today to avoid mortgage stress. Allocating more than 30% of the household income to a mortgage creates pressure in other areas such as not being able to afford other bills and maintain general well-being. However, George said that the good news is that interest rate hikes are at or near the peak. He explained that banks are likely going to be able to start borrowing money at cheaper rates 
and this will flow on to consumers. Before the rates fall, consumers might also find that banks are more willing to offer discounts or special offers. I'd also like to add that if you're a first home buyer, you don't have to buy the average house price in a particular area. You know, you could start off at a lower price point and that will reduce the mortgage that you require in order to purchase that property. So don't mortgage yourself up to the eyeballs just to keep up with the Joneses. That's a stupid method to get ahead financially. Fourth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 1st of June. Loan-to-value rules relax. What will it mean for house prices? Loan-to-value restrictions have been relaxing starting on Thursday this last week. This increases the amount of low-deposit lending that banks can do. However, commentators believe that its impact on the property market will be minimal. As mentioned in previous podcasts, LVRs are a tool to strengthen the banking system by reducing the proportion of people with large mortgages relative to the value of their properties. Over time, they've been tightened and loosened notably in 2022 when they were removed and in 2021 when they were reinstated. Beginning on Thursday, which was yesterday, the amount of new lending that banks can do for borrowers with up to 20% deposit as owner-occupiers will increase from 10% to 15% of all new loans. They'll be able to lend 5% of new lending to investors with less than a 35% deposit, which is up from 40% previously. So that means that for investors, you're not going to need as big a deposit anymore. And for owner-occupiers, you have got a 50% better chance of getting a loan approved if you've got less than 20% deposit. ANZ senior economist Miles Workman said it's difficult to determine the effect of the LVR rules on the housing market. He sees many complex and time-dependent drivers in the property market, and while the LVR changes are a tweak rather than an overhaul, it may provide an easing in financial conditions. Furthermore, he mentioned that there is a risk of the official cash rate going higher, but the Reserve Bank views its monetary policy and financial stability tools separately. ANZ updated its house price forecast due to strong migration and the fact that some fixed mortgage rates were declining. Workman anticipates prices to lift on a quarterly basis in the second half of 2023. A downside they foresee is that the OCR hikes may have a more significant effect on household incomes than what the Reserve Bank and economists expect, and this may drive forced house sales. In the long term, ANZ economists see the future of investors' ability to deduct interest expenses from their rental income for tax purposes. National has indicated it would reverse Labor's decision to remove deductibility, which has increased investor costs. It remains unknown whether the non-deductibility policy will increase sales or whether it will cause a rush of purchases. Nick Goodall, head of research at CoreLogic, does not expect the LVR change to make a difference. For good all, the issue is that buying with a lower deposit means borrowers have more debt, and this is constrained by higher interest rates and higher serviceability test rates. Infometrics Chief Executive Brad Olson agrees, saying that it's not a major driver of any housing changes. There'll only be a few owner-occupiers and investors meeting various thresholds. My opinion on this is that there's a whole bunch of people who've been waiting for this news to be released. You know, first-home buyers have seen house prices decreasing, so the level of their mortgage doesn't need to be as much as it was, but obviously 
many people have still struggled to save up the required 20% deposit to buy their first home. So this gives them the ability to get their foot onto the property ladder, potentially at the bottom of the market. So I think particularly for first home buyers, this is an opportunity for them to actually get into the property market. And for investors, if you've limited by deposit previously, needing a 40% deposit, 35% deposit is a lot less than you previously needed. So I think some people might be surprised by the amount of increase in the property market from this news from the Reserve Bank. I don't think it's going to jump significantly all of a sudden, but I think it will definitely increase interest in the property market. Just up this week from One News on the 1st of June, tentative confident housing market downturn is winding up, according to CoreLogic. Confidence is slightly higher in the property market, according to the latest CoreLogic House Price Index. Although values continue to fall across the country, the annual rate of change has slowed. CoreLogic New Zealand's Head of Research, Nick Goodall, said that there are positive signs for homeowners on the horizon. Goodall points to loosened LVR limits, a more stable cash rate, lesser housing supply and strong net migration, and a positive turn in Australia's housing market as signs that the bottom is approaching. However, affordability will be challenging in the foreseeable future due to high prices and a contractionary monetary policy. According to him, more than 50% of the average income is required to service an 80% LVR mortgage in Aotearoa, compared to 43% in Australia. And if property values and interest rates now start to plateau, this is unlikely to improve. Despite the OCR being at a high level of 5.5%, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has said that the time to wait and see is now, as mortgage holders adjust to increase mortgage payments and consumers spend less in other parts of the economy. Talking about the Reserve Bank is going to wait and see as to whether or not the increase in the OCR will have the desired effect on reducing spending in the economy. A peak in the cash rate will provide certainty and comfort to borrowers in the short term. They'll be able to quantify the worst-case scenario for their repayments and serviceability test rates and they'll obviously be able to choose fixed-rate mortgages to help get over that, that threshold until interest rates start to reduce in the near future. Furthermore, the New Zealand Bankers Association reported that nearly 45% of mortgage holders were ahead of their repayments at the end of last year. This is despite a rise in mortgage arrears to 1.31% in March, up from a recent low of 0.94% at the end of 2021 according to New Zealand Credit Bureau, Centrix. This is in line with mortgage advisor estimates that during the period of falling interest rates, roughly half of all borrowers chose to maintain their repayments at the same level as their old schedule when refixing at lower rates. Goodall believes that the majority of borrowers will do well in adjusting to higher repayments due to higher wages and reduced spending. He points out that first-home buyers who bought at the peak of the cycle will be vulnerable as they don't have the benefit of time to accrue equity or a savings buffer. We're entering an exciting time in the property market with the loan-to-value restrictions loosening. We may be seeing more first-home buyers finally getting their foot on the property ladder, as I said earlier. And investors might also have some more positive news soon. If you want to make the most out of this transitional period, Join our upcoming free event called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. 
In these sessions, I discuss my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. They're live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office. There's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions and I'll answer as many of them as possible. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there. And if you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we could help you, you can also book a meeting or phone call with him via our website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. If you've already been to one of our free events or you're already a client of Property Apprentice, spread the word. You know, if you've got friends that you think might be interested, by all means, refer them to this podcast or the website so they can register for one of our free events. Thanks for listening.